Welcome to the Super Fantasy Bros Podcast, which is part of the Triple Play Fantasy Network. I am one half of the team, Kevin Coleman, and I am not at my house today recording. I'm actually in my classroom because I have back to school night tonight, but I wanted to make sure that I came here for our, our, our loyal listeners and people on Twitter and everything there and YouTube channel. Uh, so I, 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 we had to change it up a little bit, but I'm here and I'm joined on my podcast, Jacob John, who's actually at home and I am very jealous of. Jacob, how are you doing? <laughs> Uh, I'm doing good, Kevin. Yes, I get to be at home and tell you a crazy story from this past week, all right, in fantasy football, all right? I mentioned this on Twitter, but I survived facing Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. They were on the same team. They were stacked up against me, and I survived. And you want to know how I survived there, Kevin? I don't know, Cordell Patterson probably or something like that? I did not have him, unfortunately. No, I had Sam Darnold and... DJ Moore stack. So that definitely helped combat it a little bit. But then I had Debo Samuel in the afternoon. So I was feeling so good because I was tilting. I'm like, how can I lose with that Darnold Moore stack? Of course, because I'm facing Mahomes and Hill stack. So thank you, Debo. (laughs) There's been a lot of heartbreakers, right? These last four weeks. Uh, I've had a few. Uh, I saw some guy lost by 0.2. Uh, oh. which is probably the most, you know, I lost to the SFB again uh, because I needed 10 points from Herbert and Allen at the last half, and they just oh. didn't get it to me. Like, they just nope. didn't do it. It was brutal. Brutal yeah. losses, brutal yeah. injuries. Everything's going on, but that's what we're here for. We're here to cover this stuff and going to give it up to you guys, and right. uh, let's go. Let's jump into it. Let's do it. All right, so we just talked about a little bit. Uh, you know, Tyree Kill had a great game. Uh, I don't know who needs to hear this. Uh, we did have someone talk about and, and say that they uh, – they worked on this ability and they talked about, uh, you know, they talked about Tyree kill being not the wide receiver one. And I think that, that made me laugh a little bit. Cause they said, uh, the new signing that they had, Josh Gordon was the real alpha. And I started laughing like, come on, Tyree yes. kill is legit wide receiver there. Uh, mm-hmm. so let's go to you first. We'll talk about this. Uh, is there someone who stood out to you or disappointed you this week? Which way are you going? So I got someone who stood out and who disappointed as well. But my first standout here is someone I just mentioned, Sam Darnold. All right. He finished as the quarterback one. He went 26 for 39 for 301 yards and two touchdowns. Also added 35 rushing yards and two rushing scores. I mean, this guy is a rushing machine here. Who knew, right? Uh, I mean, we need to stop doubting this man. He continues to post. He, He continues to post better efficiency than he ever did with the New York Jets. You know, despite those two picks he had yesterday, Darnold just continued to show that brilliant rapport with DJ Moore. I mean, you know, he continued his streak of logging multiple touchdowns. And, you know, Darnold is turning into a QB1 right before our eyes. And you love to see it after being gassed in New York. Yeah, it's funny because you mentioned him last year or last week. You talked about him as being your streaming guy. You thought it was there. And, and uh, I, I didn't necessarily say I, I, I had the Dallas bias going. In, but he did have a couple picks. Like, that's what I was worried about. Right. I thought Diggs was good. But, you know, and this is the thing, like, I see on fantasy sometimes. I think that we sometimes characterize, like, guys as, like, well, they're not great quarterbacks, which I think Darnold is. So that's not. But this is like a Jay and the Hurts rant. Hurts is a very fine fantasy option. Like, He's going to get you the because that Eagles team is bad. He's going to score points and he has that rushing upside. Like, that mm-hmm. is a legitimate thing. I just think that, like, but I don't think Hurts is a very good quarterback. So, like, I don't think him as a quarterback, he's there. So, I think we got to get out of that mindset of that. I, I really do. And, and, like, Darnold at the same time, he's been great this season. And I, it was funny on Sunday, I was actually cheering for him, which was 
funny because I'm a Dallas fan, but I mm-hmm. like Darnold so much and I believed in him and I, and I have the receipts to prove it. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the, those are the guys I like. I like that call though. He had a great game. I have Darnold a lot of spots because I believe in him and I won those games. And so I, it, it kind of is validation. Oh, yeah. He's QB five right now. Yep. So that's legit. QB five oh. overall. So no, I give you a call there. Now my guy is a guy that you probably like right now is Debo, Debo yes. Samuel, wide receiver three, eight receptions, 12 targets. And he's been absolutely just, on fire. And when you look at him and what he's been able to do yeah. uh, this season, like he's the true wide receiver run right now on that team, just based on the first four games. Uh, you know, he's had 42 targets already. Yeah. Uh, games of 12, 12, 10, and 8. Wow. He had 156 yards against Seattle, two touchdowns, like, and that broken play, which obviously helped him, that 76 yarder. Yeah. Uh, but that was legit. And if you drafted Debo, Debo is going so late in drafts. And especially didn't really know his injury with Ayuk being there. And mm-hmm. he's a value. Like when we talk about league winners, he's a league winner just based yes. on value of where you got him. And I, and I got to give him credit where credit's due. And I don't think he's going to slow down. I think this is the Debo that we, we kind of going to know as long as he stays healthy. And yes. I don't think they're, they're not using him in that rushing attack. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think they need to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they want to get him hurt. Right. And if Lance is that quarterback, man, I'm excited about that prospects of these guys being that quarterback. And, and he looked for Debo, too. So I, I'm a big fan of Debo. I thought he had a great week. You hit on it. He still produced even when Trey Lance was in the game. And that yeah. and that's great for Debo moving forward. Now, we hope that the move to Trey Lance translates for better days for Brandon Ayuk. But at least we know that Debo is safe. And he was always our pick, Kevin, for a league winner because he was being yeah. taken in the ninth round. It was always, can he stay healthy? And like you said, Kevin, that was a brilliant point. They're not giving him carries, you know, and like putting him in those situations to fight for an extra yard for no reason, yeah. because like Debo will give it his all on every single play. He is very reckless. He's a very team player guy to his detriment sometimes. So, you know, they're, giving him the ball in space and yeah, he's not going to slow down barring an injury. He's going to finish as a top five, top 10 wide out by season's end. I mean, and if I just, if I just name off the top 10 wide receivers real quick, Cooper cut wide receiver one. Did you expect that? Absolutely not. <laughs> not right now, right? He's still there, though. Okay, Tyree Kill, wide receiver two. I think that was pretty, like you know, obviously going to draft there. Debo oh. Samuel. See, see, I thought, I thought you meant at the beginning of the season. Did you expect Cooper Cup to be number one? No, I did. No, I did. No, I did. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, okay. so like yeah. Cooper Cup, bank. You know, you look at that. He was a value as well in drafts. Yeah. Then Debo, he's wide receiver three overall in PPR Dang. four months right now. DJ Moore, again, he was a wide receiver yes. four right now. Mike Williams had a rough game last game. But he's still wide receiver five. Terry McLaurin, wide receiver six. Justin Jefferson, wide receiver seven. Uh, Devonta Adams, wide receiver eight. Brandon Cooks, wide receiver nine. And that offense is, is so bad. And he, right. even though he's there, you know, you have to give him a shot. And then Tyler Lockett, wide receiver 10. So you're still missing. And on the outside looking in, right, Jamar Chase is wide receiver 12 right now. Like, I mean, when you look at these guys. So that's why, like, wide receivers, you can really wait. I, I, yes. I mean, even if you look, like, right now, I love C.D. Lamb. But he's had he had a rough game last game, and he lost yeah. me. I mean, he lost me a league last week because of the game that he had. Um, he's wide receiver twenty eight. Jacoby Myers is wide receiver twenty nine. So yeah. like you're looking at this, I just think there's value there at the wide receiver. Yeah, you yes. can wait on wide receivers, like you can. Yes. Like it's okay to wait, but you got to make sure you hit the right running back. So what what running back hurts your soul this week? Oh, DeAndre Swift. After uh, I was yeah. singing his praises last week as just a matchup proof running back. 
This one was super weird. He had eight attempts for 16 yards, and then he had four catches on six targets for 33 yards. You know, he ended his day with 8.9 with 8.9 fantasy points. But, I mean, just throughout the week, head coach Dan Campbell talked up Swift's expanding role, you know, yet, he, yet Swift matched his season low in touch total. So weird. And Jamal Williams, his running back mate, had a season-high 14 carries. But I'm here to say I am not worried. All right. He had triple the targets of Jamal with six. All right. And the Lions are going to be in a lot of negative game scripts. All right. And also, if you watch that game, Kevin, Swift could have easily had a receiving touchdown had Goff looked his way. He was wide open. And it's like, Goff, what are you doing? He's right there. Like, oh, I was yelling. I was yelling at the screen. Uh, but I expect I expect the Lions to lean on Swift heavily this week in Minnesota. So if any of you can buy low on Swift, be my guest. Yeah, um, Jared Goff's trash. Everybody out there, listen. Okay, <laughs> I I cannot stand watching him play. He was there yeah. the whole time. I think the target's going to be there. I and now, but you know, I hate coach talk. I hate coach talk. I hate yeah. it so much. And that's yeah. why it worries me anytime I hear these guys, oh, we're going to get him involved because it never works that way. Like, and then yeah. everybody's like, why aren't they doing that? Uh, I think Swift's going to be all right. I do like the negative game script stuff. I do think he, yeah. I think he's, I think he's still leading re, um, running backs with receiving yards. I think it's close. Uh, yeah. So, so to me, that's, I'm all bored there. Now, I have another running back that's kind of disappointment and not for me because I didn't draft him, but that's yeah. Michael Carter. And he he had a touchdown that saved, I think, some managers that started him if you did start him. But he had 13 tips, 38 yards. He's just been disappointing. I think in reality with Michael Carter, he's a day three guy for a reason. Uh, Mm -hmm. And he was someone that I don't think he's going to take over that backfield. And in my opinion, I think that he's a wasted draft pick in your dynasty drafts if you had him in dynasty because he was getting drafted ahead of guys that shouldn't he shouldn't have been getting drafted ahead of. I just don't see the volume there. I don't see the I don't see the potential there. I don't see that running back room as being anything I wanted to be back there. And I think that they're going to try to find someone else. So to me, Michael Carter has been a disappointment this whole season. But even last week, he's a disappointment because I think they people were leaning on him with the injuries that people have had. Right. I think that Michael Carter got put in a lot of situations. Now you got bailed out with a touchdown. But he has not looked good. His yard per carry has been bad. He hasn't looked explosive. That offense looks out of flux. They did win. Obviously, we know that. And, and it looked like that. But it, I, I don't know. It, to me, it just wasn't there. So, for me, I like that he does look like the team's primary running back. I mean, he had 13 carries. And Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman combined for seven carries. So, he is their lead running back. And we love volume here, right? Because yeah. volume means there's more chances for Michael Carter to break out. But like you're saying, Kevin, he just doesn't look explosive. He was a day three talent. All right. He's not their future. So from a dynasty perspective, I agree with you 100%, Kevin. From a redraft perspective, I'm keeping him on my team. I am adding him wherever I can just because he had 13 carries and he also had three targets. So he yeah. had 16 opportunities, even though he only caught one of those targets. Uh, you know, he's getting fed the ball. And I think and I think that was the Jets' plan all along. I mean, we'll see if Michael Carter can can, you know, grow and see if he can become a better runner because that was his first career touchdown. Maybe that maybe that gets him going. Um uh, but yes, from a dynasty perspective, I would definitely be panicking because this might be his best year. All right. 
Yeah, no, I, I dynasty stay away. That's what I did. All right, let's go to our waiver wire ads and, and kind of talk about some guys that we want to kind of jump on there. So let's go into waiver wire ads, and I'm, I'll go with you. Go first. Give me uh, now. I've been seeing a lot of. I don't know if we can use this word, but I'm going to a lot of bitching on the timeline about it's the same guys on the waiver wire. Listen, yeah. the problem. Listen, that's fine, but you know the reality of it. The common fantasy guys don't know this stuff. Like we, they, you know, I think, and especially if you listen out there, if you play in home leagues, these guys are available, and that's just the nature of the beast. Like that is, stop crying about all this stuff. It cry, it drives me crazy. So like when we talk about guys, like I'm gonna talk about Trey Lance, and my my lights just turned off in my classroom. That's great. Uh, so Uh-oh. I'm gonna talk about Trey Lance, and that's gonna be. <laughs> how it goes you know that's going to be out there so um why don't you give me your guy uh and and you can talk about him yeah so i'm going to go with damian williams all right it's not a surprise here david montgomery he avoided an acl tear but he's going to be out four to five games all right so damian williams is the de facto rb1 in chicago now for at least the next five weeks all right damian williams is a very young 29 years old and what i mean by that is that damian williams doesn't have over 500 total touches in his whole career. You know, even though he's 29, he's always been either a backup or he's always shared the load. So he has plenty of gas in the tank. All right. And any running back who is getting volume deserves your attention. All right. And the bears want to run the ball because coach Matt Nagy doesn't want to put fields in any sort of position to succeed for some reason. It's like, just let field play, but no, no, he just he wants to run the ball and it worked last week. I mean, like David Montgomery had uh, had 106 yards and two touchdowns. It worked. All right. But he doesn't have that anymore. So Damien Williams, he is available in 12 percent of sleeper and 10 percent of Yahoo. So he is easily available. Now, he does have a tough schedule coming up. All right. He has to travel to Vegas, whom the Raiders have been a fantastic run defense led by Max Crosby, and then he has to face the Green Bay Packers, who have been quietly good against the run. And then he has to travel to Tampa Bay against the Bucks, and no one's been running on the Bucks. Damian Harris literally got negative four yards rushing last week. I mean, no one is running against that team. So it's tough sledding for Damian Williams, but any running back, I will say again, any running back who is getting that much volume, who is looking at 12 to 15 touches at least, deserve deserves your attention all right so you are adding him for volume and i am not guaranteeing slam dunk production but if you need volume if you need a flex option you could do a lot worse than damian williams yeah and, and i think damian williams still got some juice right and you look yeah, at him I, I i think he has like a uh a, 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 a bruise uh, i think i saw something to talk about like, but it, yeah it's gonna be all right i think khalil mm-hmm. herbert's there but i'm not i'm not trying to get herbert i, I yeah. herbert's okay but uh you look at this he's gonna have week five like you said in six and in week seven i know that um Tariq cohen can come back from the pup list true even then though coming back late you know you realistically could get two good probably about three or four weeks of good production from yeah. Williams like and you know David Montgomery's not coming back like to the bye after the bye week I'm a, exactly. probably assuming so this is a great waiver pickup if you can get him like in my opinion like you're going to get that volume like you talked about and I like that uh the guy that I say that you should try to go get right now is Trey Lance 
And yes. if you haven't already, now, if you stashed him, if you listen to me and Jacob, we told you to stash him. And That's there was right. a reason why, because we said, Hey, probably by Indi- Indianapolis, he'll start. And we were just a little late because Jimmy G got a little injured, but mm-hmm. Hey, he looked pretty good. I know people are going to say about his passing, but he is raw. We knew that. Like mm-hmm. I knew mm-hmm. that going in, he was nine for 18 from passing, but he still had two touchdowns. I know one was a broken play, but Hey, he still threw it to him. And someone on, on social media was like, he, they tried to say, Oh, well, anybody can make that throw. I'm sorry. Andy Dalton couldn't make that throw. No. So I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know who you are out there, okay? Uh, and and you couldn't make that throw either if you if nope. you you're out there. You I hate uh, the the social media warriors. But anyway, so oh, 150 man. yards, two touchdowns, and he also had 41 yards rushing, and he didn't look rattled at all. And the thing that I'm going to say about Lance is that he's a legit player. I love Lance. Everybody knows that about him. But at the same time, I think that if they actually can really design a game plan around Lance really in real life. Game script and game plan was really about Jimmy G. And then they get his two Lance in there. And why Lance is probably a part of it. Now that he maybe Shanahan, even though he said those stupid comments after, after the game, talking about how bad he looked, all that stuff. And, and that's another issue. But if Shanahan has a week to game plan and he knows Lance is going to be his QB, mm-hmm. I think we could see a huge game out of Lance. Like he already had a pretty good fantasy game, 20 fantasy points there uh, this last week. If they can game plan and use his strengths, we the sky's the limit for this kid. And if, Shanahan's a great play caller. I love Shanahan's play calling. I might question his ability and what he says in the media, but if they can use the game script and game plan about Lance and not Jimmy, I'm all for that. Yeah, it all seemed like that was just like coach speak. Like he doesn't want to pump up his young quarterback too much because he doesn't want his young quarterback to get a big head, which is so lame because it's like you want to build his confidence, right? Yeah. I mean, he goes straight from the FBS to the pros. I mean, that's not easy to do. All right. And yes, he did look like a deer in headlights in his first couple plays. But for fantasy, he finished as quarterback 14 on the week in only a half of play. Are you kidding yeah. me? Like this guy, this guy is going to be a fantasy star. All right. And there are very few quarterbacks that I want over him. So if you stashed him, good on you because you are looking set at quarterback for, for as long as he's starting. So hopefully he takes this job. He faces the Arizona Cardinals this week. So hopefully he just, he, he just goes toe to toe with Kyler Murray, takes yeah. a stranglehold on this job and, and, and just flies the 49ers to the playoffs and flies your fantasy team into the playoffs. If he is yeah. available in your league, I'm I I am spending whatever fab. Even if you have like so there there are there are only a few quarterbacks I would take over Lance, all right? That's Mahomes, Allen, Prescott, Herbert. You know, even right. Herbert is like a little bit questionable. Like I I think that Lance can be a top 5 to top 6 option the rest of the way. So, yeah. if he's on your wire, Pick him up now. That's a great call, Kevin. Yeah. So shout out Lance, my guy. Okay. I, I, think Lance, that, I think he can have a big game. I really, truly think that he could be a, a winner like for you guys out there. Yes. I, I I do. So uh, who's your next guy? I love this call because I've talked about it before. Yes. But who who do you I, – I called him Blake Jarlin, what, what we thought Blake Jarlin should be. <laughs> so who is this guy? All right. And that man's name is Dawson Knox. All right, Kevin, this was your pick last week for your tight end sneaky start. Yeah. And he did great. He had he had 37 yards and two scores. All right. He is a big factor in the red zone here for Josh Allen. And that's a very safe role for any tight end. All right. Dawson Knox recorded five catches on eight targets. He had eight targets. He finished second on the team with those eight targets. He 
like I said earlier, he, he has a key role in the red zone, uh, you know, and he has found the end zone in three consecutive contests. Now that scoring pace won't, won't continue obviously, but he has logged at least four catches in three out of four games this season. And with this tight end landscape being abysmal, you can do a lot worse than Knox. So if Knox is available and you are holding on to the dream of Robert Tunyon bouncing back, I would make the switch immediately. That, no, I, I, hey, Robert Tunyon. Damn it. Yes. Why'd you bring that name up? You hurt my, I, I have him in a couple of dynasty leagues. My own soul, fight. too. I'm just like, gosh, Tan. The biggest myth was Robert Tanyan being good at football. I think that was the, that was the myth. No, I think Dawson Knox is legitimately coming that option. We we all we wanted the Bills to draft a tight end, and then they didn't do it. And you're like, wait, why why didn't they grab it? And now we know. I think Knox is going to be that guy, right? And I think that's a good call there. Uh, My guy, my next guy, real quick, it's Darnell Mooney. And if you hear that, it's Justin Fields. And I know Nagy's a pain in the ass. And I know what he said, but if Justin Fields looks like Mooney is the top target, two kind of Allen Robinson owners that are probably upset based on what he's done. I mean, he had 66 right. yards, I believe, three catches last game, but it wasn't great. Mooney, though, five passes on seven targets, 115 yards. It hmm. looks like he was he's that guy for uh, for Fields. It looks like they have a very good connection. I know they had a great camp together. They're going to take on the uh, the Raiders in week five. And when you look at what Herbert just did against them, you know, Keenan Allen didn't have a great game. Their tight end did. Uh, you know, Jared yeah. Cook had six catches, seven yards and a touchdown. Eckler was there. He did okay. Steven Anderson there. But I do think that with Allen being kind of that guy that they keyed on, I think that could be Robinson. And I think sneaky play could be Mooney in this game, especially, mm-hmm. you know, with Fields there. Uh, and if they if they if they call his number again, I do like Mooney right now, and I think that Mooney's a guy that you could pretty much grab in a lot of redraft leagues because he didn't do anything in the first few weeks. Like, uh, yeah. and, and that would be someone maybe I, I I you could start stash K and have on your roster. Absolutely, I love the Mooney call. I was one week late. I endorsed <laughs> him in week three. He put up just like modest yeah. numbers, but then he exploded last week. Like you said, five catches for 125 yards. And he even had one rush for 10 yards. I mean, you know, he did it all for the Bears, Uh, you know, and he's now seen at least seven targets in all but one game this year. Okay, I know it's you know, I know it's a little bit shaky with like who's going to be starting at quarterback, but Mooney is so explosive. He just passes the eye test. You just watch him, you know, and like ever since Kevin, you endorsed him over the summer as like a buy low target in Dynasty. I've been watching him closely. Just because, like, I I had no idea he was that fast. I had no idea he was that good. And I just watched the tape, and I am amazed. So I think that he can be good with whoever's under center, but I'm sure that Mooney managers hope that Fields is under center so that he can keep producing like this. Yeah, I think it's got to be Fields to a degree, uh, but I do agree. Like, I do think he's going to have those those games. Now, he's going to be one of those guys that frustrates you. He's going to have a five catch, 115 yards, maybe a touchdown, and then he's going to put out a cut, like a two two catch this season. I think he's going to be inconsistent yeah. at times because I think that offense is inconsistent. Right. But like we said, Damian Williams is there. Maybe they get, you know, maybe he doesn't have what Montgomery does. They have to throw a little bit more. Game script's going to be there. Like, I do think that he's a guy that you want to add, and I think he could kind of go off for you a little bit. And those are my two guys there uh and and from there all right let's go to our uh sneaky start sit segment and you know what to be honest with you like we've been hitting these i don't want to tout our horn or anything but we've done (laughs) a very good job with some guys that uh and again when we talk about sneaky start sits like what we're talking about is like 
obviously you start, you know, Joe, you know, not, I was going to say Joe Mixon, but that'd be a bad, uh, Derrick Henry. Obviously you're going to start Derrick Henry. We know that. Okay. And what we're trying to do right now is go through some guys that maybe, you know, under the radar guys, but also maybe guys have a bounce back game that we think that you could go. And, uh, Mm -hmm. for me, you know, is Ryan Tannehill. Uh, that's my kind of start. He's at the Jaguars. I don't know if Jacob, if you saw Urban Meyer getting some trouble, uh, this, uh, this last weekend uh, at yes, a bar. He's, I mean, it, he's been a distraction to say the <laughs> least. And it does seem like there's some issues there. That's for yeah. sure. Uh, pre- urban man. I want the 30 for 30 on the Ur- urban Meyer, Florida Gators so bad that like, <laughs> I just cannot wait till they play it. Cause he's got some issues. And so Tannehill's going in, obviously that offensive line for Tennessee has not looked great. Probably one of the worst offensive lines in, in football. And especially at just stopping the pass rush. They've been, they've been terrible this season. He's right now, everybody thought Tannehill was a sneaky pick and everything. SFB, uh, yeah. you know, fan redraft that was kind of mm-hmm. the late round targets. And right now he's QB 19. He has not looked great. He has not. I get that, you know, but he still right. had against the Jets 18 points. They threw the ball 49 times against the Jets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's kind of like he's had two games this year with 40, 40 attempts. And that's something that's a little bit new for him. Uh, you know, he's usually been pretty consistent, but he had a lower ceiling than that. But hey, it looks like he's going to he's going to toss it around a little bit. Uh, he didn't have his receiving weapons last week. I don't I, Julio AJ. I don't know what's going to happen this week. I haven't seen any reports right. yet. It seems like they're trending in, but you never know what the hamstring stuff. I think that he could still be a solid option. I love the matchup. I think it's a good matchup. I think you're looking at 20 fantasy points, which mm-hmm. is solid if you're streaming. Uh, mm-hmm. And if he can get that second touchdown, you'd be looking at like 23, 24, which is a solid week. That's a low end QB one, which you thought he was going to be anyway. So I think Tannehill could be a sneaky start after kind of a down game against the Jets. Still, he put up 18 points, uh, but he did have those two interceptions the week before. But I think I think he's still a solid play. Yeah, and he showed that he can produce even with those backup wide receivers. So I love the play as well, Kevin. My quarterback sneaky start here is Joe Burrow. All right, he faces the Green Bay Packers at home. Last week, Burrow Burrow completed 25 of 32 passes for 348 yards and two touchdowns with no interceptions. He finished the second half of last game with a 152.1 passer rating. This week, he has a showdown against the Packers in week five, which he will have to throw a ton to keep up with Aaron Rodgers. And with T. Higgins returning to practice this week, Burrow should have all of his receiving weapons at his disposal. And with Mixon probably going to sit this week with a low-grade ankle sprain, he's going to have to throw even more because I don't trust backup running back Samaji P. Ryan to really move the ball on his own. Uh, So, Burrow to me is a top 12 play for me this week. I like that. I think you hit it on the head at the end when you talked about like, who do you want? Like with Mixon being injured, I think this can be a shootout with, with the green Bay. That offense is still explosive with Rogers there. Like, I just think this is a great fantasy matchup. Like when you're looking at it, you should see, I'm interested to see what the overrun of the points are going to be, but yeah, I'm assuming, I'm assuming it's going to be, up there in terms of over under and i always look at that i want to see like what what is the over under does vegas think there's gonna be a lot of points i don't know if you know this oh so 49 and a half which isn't it's okay okay. it's gonna be 48 so i mean you know that's relatively high though still so you're gonna be relatively high and you're looking at 49 and a half and i think that you could see that and i think it's gonna be like a 35 28 game and i think that we could we could see that now the one thing i do know that people were talking about with cincinnati is that uh their offensive plays have gone down so it looks like they're playing a little slower 
But to me, I don't know if that they can necessarily do that against Green Bay because I think the game script is going to be they have to score, and I do think they're going to throw the ball more. So I do think there's going to be those two things in favor. Uh, My sit this week is actually Russell Wilson. So hurts. I, I, you know, and there's a couple reasons why. So if we're talking about Russell, they're playing the Rams. So when we talk about where they're going, obviously they're versus the Rams and it's on a short week. It's on Thursday night uh, against the Rams last year. And I, the reason why is because the Rams have Russell figured out and in career wise, he has not mm-hmm. looked that great against the Rams last year, week 10 against the Rams. He was 22 or yeah, 22 for 37 with two interceptions. He put up 11 fantasy points. And in week 16, when they did win, he put up 19 fantasy points, but he still didn't look that great. He wasn't very efficient. I The Rams have figured out something with Russell Wilson where they really – he really – he struggles a little bit against them. He does throw picks, and if you look at historically against the Rams, it just is something about the Rams that you look at where he does throw a lot of interceptions. I know in 2019 he had a good game. Uh, but there's something there to where they, he really struggles with that. You've seen him with interceptions, and you kind of really struggles. Even though he's at home, it's a short week, so I understand that. Rams are coming off a, a bad loss, and, they, and I mm-hmm. think they're ready to kind of win. Uh, Seahawks aren't as good as, as people think they are, and I do think that the offensive line is going to get tested, and I think Russell's going to get tested a little bit. So I'm sitting Russell this week if I had him. Uh, and I sat him, I, and I've, I've sitting him a couple times this year already uh, just because of matchups, and I don't trust that offensive line. Yeah, it's those in-division games, you know, like teams just know each other inside and out because they have to play each other twice a year. So that's why Russell struggles against the Rams. But that's why usually the Seahawks and Rams are usually a low-scoring game. Yes. So, I mean, all players involved, I mean, I always just put like a tick lower when it comes to in-division games. So even all your Rams, just just like – a tad lower, all your Seahawks, just a tad lower in your rankings, just because they always play each other tough, Kevin. That's an incredible point. Um, So for my sneaky sit guy, it's Jalen Hurts. All right, Jalen Hurts, like you said, Kevin, isn't a great real-life quarterback, but he's a fantastic fantasy quarterback. I have a little small story here. Right after that game with the Eagles versus the Cowboys uh, in week three, I I got a message from a loyal follower and said, you know, how do you feel about about Jalen Hurts now? You know, he was kind of like poking fun at me because I have been a Hurts truther. And I said, I love him. He finished as quarterback 10, you know. He didn't look great, but he will always finish inside the top 12. And that's why yeah. he has such a safe floor with his, with all of his rushing yards. Now for Dynasty, <laughs> I would look to trade him ASAP, and I'm sure that you – agree with me because who knows how long he's going to last as a starting quarterback in this league. But for now he's starting for the Eagles. All right. And he's a great option each week, but Jalen hurts has to travel to Carolina this week. All right. And that Panthers defense has been surprisingly stingy against quarterbacks this year. The Carolina Panthers ranked seventh in fantasy points given up to opposing quarterbacks all right they don't give up they they do not give up fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks all right so uh i think i think that jalen hurts can still be started but i just wouldn't expect those quarterback one numbers he's right around the range of like a high-end quarterback two just because of his rushing floor but i would not expect a top 10 performance this week yeah, you know, to me, yeah, that that's kind of sums him up for me. Uh, you kind of hit on the head there. Yeah, as dynasty wise, I never really had him in dynasty. I always try to get him in redraft. I thought he's gonna have a pretty yes. good year this year, 
And mm-hmm. I just said, dynasty wise, I'm out. Like I'm just out. If you, I'm just not going to, the risk is too much unless you can. And he's had a good year. Like, don't get me wrong. Like if you have him in dynasty, you're obviously probably winning because of the mm-hmm. numbers he's put up. It's just a short value asset to me. And, and the, right. the Jalen hurts truthers are, I have found that most Jalen hurts truthers are the guys that watch spreadsheets and not games. And right. so that's the key. Okay. And I love my analytics guys, the ones that actually, you know, whatever. I don't understand how you can't watch football though. Like that's the one of the things that drives me nuts. Is imagine not watching football. And it's like, listen, that's the whole point of this. Like, I right. don't know what, what that is. And I think that's kind of lazy sometimes. Like, well, yeah. I don't need to watch it. It's like, no, you, you should, because there's things that you can get from film too. Like, it's not all about analytics. I was just going to say that you can't, you can't rely on an- analytics. Like you have to watch it. They have to pass the eye test. Those yeah. numbers don't don't do it justice to what you see on the field. So I yeah. can't I can't agree because, with you, Kevin. Because like it or not, remember Joe Judge? He said, "I don't need analytics to tell me when to go for it." Like analytics guys might get upset about that, but that's what people that's what coaches are. That's their mindset. You can't change it overnight, and that's yeah. how they evaluate talent. I'm sorry for everybody to hear that. So like I think analytics guys are a little ahead of the game because people still yeah, they use analytics, but these coaches don't use all of that. Like there's little nuances. Like I'm a coach. I've coached for a long time. There's nuances to every team that you play on. And there's things that you yeah. can't tell. There's there's things that don't that you do, doesn't show up in the spreadsheet. And I will live, but I will die by that. There's guys that are glue guys. There's guys that work hard in different levels. There's things that go on that you can't look at from a spreadsheet. And I do think the analysts that say, oh, I'm an analyst guy, that's sometimes lazy analysis. In my opinion, I think it sometimes can be very lazy. I'm with you. All right. Sorry. I just shit on all analytics. I wasn't really shitting on you guys. I was just saying, like, I feel like sometimes it can be lazy. Now, my running backs. Let's go to running back starts. Uh, Zach Moss. I'm going to start him this week against the Chiefs. I think that, and again, remember, these are sneaky start sets. Uh, last week, you know, when you look at what he's done over the last three games, he's, he's found the end zone, I think, four times. He scored four, t- four touchdowns the last three games. He rushed for 14 times and uh, 61 yards and a touchdown against the Texans. He and Devin Singletary split touches, but they had 14 each. And he kind of has asserted himself as kind of a flex option if you need it. Like to me personally, like when you're looking at his PPR points, he's put up 18 and 12 and 15 this year. That's pretty, that's okay. Depending on where you're at. I do like, he didn't get, he only had one target last game, but they're kind of leaning on him in the rushing attack. They're not using Allen as much in the rushing, uh, rushing attack either. And so I think Moss is kind of trending towards a sneak, a sneaky flex option out there. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's definitely taken over this backfield over Singletary. He is the guy to own in Buffalo. That's for sure. Yeah. So I don't my- hate Singletary either, to be honest with you. Like, I think Singletary, he plays a role in deeper leagues, yeah. like in 16 team leagues or 14 team leagues, because he's going to get some touches. And you just have to hope he can kind of get like, what, 50 yards and maybe a touchdown if you're lucky. Right. And I think that's kind of where his ceiling is at. I agree. I agree. So my sneaky snart, my sneaky snart. I like it. <laughs> you like that? Sneaky snart for running back this week is Damian Harris at Houston. Ooh. All right. Why would I endorse a running back that just gained negative four yards on four <laughs> It's because Harris was facing the number one rated run defense in the league in Tampa Bay. All right. We need to forgive him, guys. We all saw that coming. All right. He was my sit last week. All right. So I hope you were listening. All right, he saved himself a little bit from an, from from a goose egg with those two catches for 30 yards. Yeah. But 
that should be a trend with James White out. Damian Harris should should get more targets, even if it's just two or three. That hires his floor. All right, and now he has an excellent matchup this week against a Houston defense giving up the ninth most fantasy points to running backs. And the Patriots are looking at a positive game script against Houston, which should mean 15 to 20 touches for Damian Harris, as many carries as he can handle. All right, so I trust Damian Harris as a back-end RB2 this week. Yeah, I think it's just always going to be about matchups with him, yep. right? Like, and yes. and the, listen, that you know, the Bucks is what it is. Like at, at a certain point, that's one of those defenses you just you got to be very careful with running backs. It's just one of those things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's always about matchups for me. Uh, my sit is Chuba Hubbard, and I'm just going to go with Hubbard real quick, just so like I think he's intriguing, and I think that you know he's a guy that when you look now, Philly has not been very good against the run, and we've seen that consistently. I do think he's up for a letdown though, and I and I do. And you saw what happened against Dallas. He had 57 yards. He didn't get the targets that you really want. He only got two targets, and I think right. that kind of limits his upside there. But he only had 57 yards, really at nine points for fantasy purposes. I don't think if you have a better option, I'm going with someone else. I don't necessarily think that he's a you have to start Hubbard. I, I'm going to stay away from him and and just to transition away. I respect the call. He is not being used as you know like CMC once was. Yeah, no. You know, and he's facing. Uh, a quietly tough Philadelphia Eagles team. So yeah. I think I think I think it will be tough sledding for him this week as well. So my sneaky my sneaky sit this week is Miles Sanders at Carolina. So it's the same game there: Chuba Hubbard against the Eagles and Miles Sanders against the Panthers. Uh, look, guys, Miles Sanders is RB thirty three overall this year in PPR leagues. Yeah, he's last awful. week awful, awful. Last week, he finished with only seven rushes for 13 yards and sort of saved his day with three catches for 34 yards, but he was outperformed by backup rookie running back Kenneth Gainwell. All right, guys, Gainwell is already forcing a near-even split in this backfield. And now Sanders travels to Carolina to face a Panthers defense who ranks first in fantasy points given up to running backs. So with Miles Sanders' usage going down, Along with a very tough matchup, there is no way I'm trusting Miles Sanders this week. I'm benching him for anyone who has upside or who has guaranteed touch volume. I just benched him this week for Damian Harris in one of my leagues. Just I can't trust Sanders. Yeah, no, gosh. And it's crazy that we have to start talking about whether we want Sanders or Kenneth Gainwell. And I like Gainwell. I, he was my running back. Uh, he was my running back three slash four with Javante. But once Javante kind of hit his numbers, so Gainwell was kind of my running back four. And I like him. I like his upside. I like his receiving ability. But Sanders is a better talent than this. I feel like Sanders needs to go yeah. somewhere else. Like we got to get Sanders somewhere else. He's got to go somewhere else, right? Like they got to find a new team. That's the thing, man. Sanders looks great. We both watched that game, and Sanders has the talent. He looks great. It's just that he's yeah. not getting any touches. So it's like, what are you going to do? You have and to at some point, you got to earn touches, so I get that. And sure. so, like, is it just that he's not earning them? Is that the case? Like, I think there's a there's a question mark there. But his dynasty value is shit. Like, you can't trade him. No. You got to hold and just hope that he has it. I have, you know, ironically, I have a team that has Dobbins and Akers on it, and I have Miles Sanders on it. 
and I have Kenneth Gainwell on it. And it's sad because I have to start both of them because I have nobody. It's just going to be a rebuild. Uh, <laughs> but it's just like you're sitting there and you're just like, I don't know who I'd rather have. I think Gainwell's dynasty value is is trending up close yep. to Sanders just based on play. And it's like, what is happening to this team? Uh, all right, let's go to wide receivers. Let's look at our wide receivers and who we got. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, you know, Amanda Sanders against the Chiefs. Again, I, I like this Chiefs matchup. The Chiefs have not looked great. Uh, and that defense has given up points. Sanders has been very efficient this year. He had 26 points in week three. Last week against Houston, he had 13 points, but he had targets. He had six targets for 74 yards. He had six targets the week before for 94 yards. He had two touchdowns that game that elevated him again. He had six targets the second week. He had eight targets week one. So when you look at what he can do, I think Sanders is a sneaky play this week. And I think that, you know, him and Diggs are the clear one, two in that, in that, in that, on that roster. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I like him. I like him against the Chiefs. I like his matchup. And I can see him getting the six targets again, five catches, 70 yards. And really the key is, is he going to get a touchdown? Because if he can, if he can put up five for, you know, five catches for 74 yards, that puts him around 13, 12 fantasy points. It's a pretty good floor for what your flex. And if you're in a deeper yeah. league, you're ninth, nine, 10th guy. But if you score that touchdown, now you're talking about, you know, 20 points. And that's the difference between a win and a loss. Yeah, and it's more than just streaming the opposite team facing the Chiefs wide receivers and just and just hoping for a shootout, all right? Yeah. Like you said, Kevin, Sanders has been super consistent all season. So that, he's the number two option in Buffalo, and he's looking at a negative game script or just like a neutral game script, and it's just going to go back and forth. That's a great play. Um, yeah. So my sneaky start this week is LaVisca Chenault Jr., all right, he faces the Tennessee Titans. Last week, Chenault saw seven targets, which he turned into 99 yards to go along with one rushing attempt for 11 yards. All right, DJ Shark is on the IR, which means more opportunities for Chenault. And this week, LaVisca faces a Tennessee defense ranked fifth in fantasy points given up to wide receivers. So it's a extremely friendly matchup for Chenault. So the easy matchup plus heavier workload could land Chenault in the top 24 this week. Yeah, no, I, I think it could. I mean, there's really no – the only thing holding them back is Urban Meyer. So at a certain point, <laughs> oh we'll see how that offense looks and we'll see how that goes. But yeah. I think with Chark out, now, the, 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 we get to see what LaVisca can be. Can LaVisca yeah. be the one? And the, the, this is kind of a good test for him. Uh, right. My sit, I'll be quick. It's Julio. I can't trust Julio. Like, and yeah. I'm, I'm, I was out on Julio before the season started. Everybody was touting him as being, I saw guys that, you know, have gotten jobs at bigger sites and they, and they said, Julio Jones is going to be a top five receiver again. I think we were just kidding ourselves with that. I think that that injury history is real. He's old, the hamstring that worries me. So I'm out on Julio for the rest of the season, to be honest with you, <laughs> especially with that offensive line where it's at. Julio's not going to stay healthy. And if you haven't dynasty, like I haven't in one league that I was thought I was competing in this year, CMC went down. I've had some injuries and I can't get rid of him. And so you might have to take a hit on him, like his value. You might have to give up maybe a, give him up for a second and maybe an asset and, and hope that that asset yeah. hits. So I'm out on the Julio train. Uh, I don't play him. I'm not playing Julio. A 32 year old with hamstring issues. That is yeah. not a recipe for fantasy. That's me. Success. You just you just said me. I got. It. I'm a 32 year old with hamstring and shin splints. I have shin splints. I'm not starting for the first you. Time. First time. Don't start me. I'm out. I'm on IR for the next like three weeks. 
I'm starting you on this podcast, but not on the field. Yeah. Ryan? All right. Uh, I'm, I'm old, man. I'm old. I'm getting old. <laughs> Kevin. All right. So my sneaky sit of the week, it's not so sneaky just because he's been terrible all season. That's Allen Robinson. But he he travels to Las Vegas. All right. Last week in Allen Robinson's quote unquote get right game against the lowly Lions defense, he had only yeah. three catches for 63 yards. He tanked. All right. That's like a that's like a a low end wide receiver three wide receiver four day in a PPR league. But that's just that's not how you drafted him. You drafted him as your surefire high floor wide receiver one. And he is just not doing that. He is disappointing not only last week, but all season. All right. And this week, especially he goes up against a Raiders defense who, who have been quietly ranked 26th in fantasy points given up to wide receivers. All right. This is tough sledding for Allen Robinson. All right. So with, with the quarterback situation, murky in Chicago and a Rob ranked just wide receiver 60 on the season, he's safely outside my top 24 and, I mean, he 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 will just make my top 36 just because of who he is and that upside, but I don't trust him. Yeah, he's a tough one. I don't know. Yeah, he's he one is. of those guys right now. You can't get rid of him off a dynasty team because you can't, you know, whatever, but redrafts and stuff, even dynasty, you might have to, it's hard to start him. It, it, it's really hard because you just don't know what he's going to do. Uh, let's go to tight ends. We're going to just give you guys one. Uh, and this, for mine, it's strictly if he plays. Gerald Everett had COVID or he had the COVID restriction. He's in the COVID protocol. He can still play. Maybe they said his test. I think it was today. They'll find out tomorrow. And the only reason why I'm picking Gerald ever is because he's playing his former team. And I love revenge games. And revenge you never games. know. I love revenge games and they matter. <laughs> and these guys do know this stuff. And against Minnesota, yes. when he said, looked like he maybe was going to get it. He had five targets, five catches and 54 yards. So you saw something there a little bit. And I love the revenge game. So especially if you're, you're streaming tight ends, you're screwed anyway because all these tight ends at the bottom, it doesn't necessarily matter. If you're struggling with the tight end position, I would take Everett and take a shot on him. I love revenge games, Kevin. Revenge I games. even yeah. fished last week and said it was a revenge game for Andy Reid going back to Philadelphia just because I want that. I I need that revenge factor when watching these games because i just want the other team to just obliterate that so if gerald everett does go which like you said uh pete carroll said that there's a good chance i would love to see him blow up that would be wonderful um yeah so my sneaky start at tight end is dalton schultz all right he's facing the new york giants your boy there all right he schultz had six catches on eight targets last week for 58 yards and a score Schultz has led the team in targets and catches in in week three and week four. And Schultz has at least seven targets in three out of four games this season. And now this week he faces a New York Giants defense giving up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. All right, this is all just an incredible recipe for fantasy success. And Schultz is a rock solid top 10 option for me. And he's relatively cheap on DraftKings right now. So I would sneak him into your lineup and enjoy. Yeah, my boy, Schultz. Hey, I I think one of the things about him is that when you watch the team, there's so many weapons that these guys got to account for. They scheme very well. Kellamore is very good. And he yeah. schemes very well to hide these guys. And Schultz is just the benefactor of that, I think. Yeah. And that's good for them. I think that's good there. Uh, a defense I'll be quick uh, that I want to try to take is Baltimore Ravens versus Indy. 
Carson Wentz is ready to throw some picks. I yeah. think that that's a great <laughs> kind of pick. I mean, Carson yeah. Wentz is just, he has not looked great this season. Uh, and, you know, he's injured. He has those issues. I don't know about the talent on that level. I think running back, I, I love Jonathan Taylor. But I think we could see some pick sixes here. We could see something here. Baltimore's playing better. You saw Baltimore personally. Uh, you went at the game, so you saw what they their defense can do. Oh, yeah. uh, your your coach is mad right now because they ran that last play. But, <laughs> but I, I, give me Baltimore Ravens versus Andy. Yeah, that was that. Like I don't I don't have an issue with the Ravens running that last rushing play. But but I'm just like, why would you risk the health of your quarterback just to just to keep just to keep that streak? alive i mean that's silly i'm not mad i'm not gonna cry about it like big fangio did but i'm, I'm just yeah. like wow oh, that was risky and then i left you know like i didn't think <laughs> i didn't think much of it uh but yes uh that baltimore ravens against carson Wentz. that's a smash play i got yeah. another smash play for you guys and that's the new england patriots at the houston texans all right they are rostered in too little of leagues i know that they were dropped by a lot of teams just because they faced the bucks last week but they go from facing the all the almighty bucks to the houston texans all right the texans just goose egged against the buffalo bills in week four davis mills completed 11 of 21 passes for 87 yards and four interceptions all right mills will likely get at least one more start with tyrod taylor on the il uh which means the New England Patriots will be the number one ranked defense in week five in real life and fantasy. So fire them up on all fantasy outlets and pay up for them and pay up for them on DraftKings. Yeah, I like that. All right, let's go to our dynasty panic meter. So let's take a look at my dynasty panic meter and talk yes. to you guys kind of about, um, I, I just put, I just published a new article on fantasy pros. It's up. I'm going to talk to you guys about the guys on there, but you can also take a look at it. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tweet it out tomorrow. But uh, Kareem Hunt is someone who I think that you can you should be buying right now. Uh, I th- you know Right now, he's ranked running back seven in PPR formats. He is a legit running back option. He's rushed for 334 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, he's, you know, he actually outsnapped Nick Chubb 52 to 37 on Sunday. And he, he's a legit option. And in Dynasty, I saw him get moved from Miles Gaskin and Terrace Marshall. So I, you know what, with you need a running back two, a solid running back two option with a high ceiling, especially if Chubb gets hurt. I'm all about buying Kareem Hunt right now. I think he's a very good value right now still because there's that Nick Chubb. They get people get worried about that Nick Chubb. And in PPR though, Hunt's okay. Like if you're a standard half, half PPR, I'm okay with it. But standard, obviously, you know, Hunt's, he has some value, but it's not as high. But if you're in PPR and dynasty, I'm all about Hunt being my running back two. I love it. And, and he's my running back two in a lot of leagues. I'll be honest. Uh, and, and I like him there. So I, I like Hunt. My next guy is a guy that's getting a lot of pub right now, Juju. Mm. You, you know, Juju, as we've seen, he only has 15 receptions, 129 yards, and he's yet to score a touchdown. He's obviously, you know, he's fourth in targets behind Deontay, Claypool, Najee. Ben has looked bad. He should have retired last year. He's missed Juju a lot, so I'm a little worried about that. But in reality, like, I, I think he's a buy low or a hold. Like, I don't know if he's going to help you out this year, but I still think that if you're like on a potential, like a semi rebuilding team where you think you can compete in the next year, I love going out there and getting them. Like he got traded for Kareem Hunt and Nelson Aguilar. I, I can see the side for that's about his value. In my opinion, I think it might be a little lower. I don't like Hunt being in that deal, but I get it from a dynasty perspective. It may be that the Kareem Hunt dies a contender. 
Juju, he's looking at it. Hey, I can get him a low end right now. Maybe he can be my wide receiver too next year. Uh, and, and I just imagine like you're basically hoping he goes somewhere in the offseason. So right. those are the two guys there. And then the last guy I'll mention real fast is Calvin Ridley. Go buy Calvin Ridley. I know that Calvin Ridley has not looked great this year. Uh, he was most expected to be a wide receiver one. Right now he's a low end wide receiver two. He's not living up to that. Cordero Patterson has really taken some production, but Cordero Patterson is going to come back to earth. Like these oh, guys yeah. do this. And the thing about Ridley is he's fourth in the NFL in targets with 42 in the NFL. But he's like, I think he's, he, and he's terrible in terms of like where he's at in yardage and everything he's doing, but those targets are going to even out to production. And to get a clearer picture of where he's going, I saw him go for Chase Edmonds and Debo Samuel. Now I love Debo and we just talked about Debo. But if you can get a guy like Ridley and you're looking at the talent, if you feel like it's there, I, I, I don't necessarily hate it, but that's just kind of where he's at. To me, he's a hold if you have him, or you can buy him depending on maybe a team is tilting a little bit about him. Maybe you can go out there and get him. You're not buying low. That's a stupid concept. But you got to go buy it and you got to pay for it. But I think that we, we can realistically get him back up to that wide receiver 12-13 area. I love that. So in Dynasty, we are buying Hunt. We are buying low on Juju and we are buying Calvin Ridley. Yep. Excellent. I love it. All right. So for our next sesh for our next section here, guys, we're gonna go for our quarterback streamers of the week. All right. So for my quarterback streamers this week, I'm going with Sam Darnold against the Philadelphia Eagles. All right. This is the third time that Darnold has made my list, but he is so little rostered in so many leagues that he just keeps making this list and he keeps producing. Yeah. All right. Fantasy finishes on the season. He was quarterback 17, 13, five. And then the quarterback won last week. He is averaging 297.3 passing yards per game. He continues to show brilliant rapport with DJ Moore, And he has a home matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles who are allowing the 16th most fantasy points to quarterbacks. All right. He is a high end quarterback too this week. And for my second quarterback streaming option, I got Matt Ryan versus the New York Jets. And he usually hasn't made this list just because he hasn't looked great this season. But he looked fantastic last week against the Washington football team. All right, he completed 25 of 42 passes for 283 yards and four touchdowns. All right, that is absolutely his best performance of the season. And he should and he should keep the good times rolling this week against the New York Jets defense who just allowed Tannehill to throw 298 yards with both A.J. Brown and Julio out. All right, the Atlanta defense hasn't shown the ability to stop anyone, which should mean 40-plus pass attempts for Matt Ryan again. All right, fire up Ryan as a high-end quarterback two this week at home against the New York Jets. Yeah, I like that. I, the Matt Ryan call I love. I just like – I know Darnold's there, but that's why I like Ridley and Pitts and those guys. I can see a big game for those guys. Like, I really can, and, and that's kind of my mindset. And Matt Ryan's okay. He's he's old, and it's you, when you look at him and you roster, I'm like, I, he he's fine. The Falcons just find ways to lose, right? Like, they yes, just – <laughs> God, I feel bad for Falcons fans out there. All right, let's go to our lock of the week. Uh, right. My lock of the week is Aaron Jones. And I like to do this. A guy looking to bounce back. Didn't have a great game against Pittsburgh, 48 yards. He did have four targets and three receptions for 51 yards. So we saw that. He had that fumble. So obviously he had a kind of a bad week. But, uh, you know, Detroit, he obviously looked great because of the touchdowns that he scored. And then San Francisco, he looked fine. I think against a Cincy team, like we talked about, it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think he can score probably two rushing touchdowns. I love Aaron Jones in this matchup, and I think that he's a lock. 
That's a fantastic pick. And for my lock of the week, I was originally going to go with Derrick Henry against the Jaguars, but I thought that was way too easy because he's just <laughs> going to stomp all over the Jaguars. If he doesn't finish RB1, I quit. Uh, not really. Uh, but I, I am going to go with Ezekiel Elliott versus the New York Giants. All right, last week against the number one ranked run defense, Elliott exploded for 143 yards on 20 attempts and a touchdown. All right, Zeke is back after after predictably struggling in week one against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He has found the end zone over the past three weeks. He has been extremely consistent, extremely dominant, and the New York Giants are giving up the 16th most fantasy points to running backs on the season. But if Zeke can shred shred the Carolina Panthers, he should have no problem against the New York Giants. All right. If you can't afford Derrick Henry on on DraftKings this week, Elliott is your next best bet for guaranteed production. Yeah. No, I hey, I'm all about the Ezekiel Elliott train. Okay, all you Ezekaters, you're a little quiet right now. Like <laughs> you're a little are. quiet right now. But hey, I, I love that. Uh, I love that the, the expert. What well, you know? What are you working on this week? Can you tell us something? Maybe the guy anybody can find you on, and we can go from there, and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Ain't Done Yet, and Done is spelled D-U-N-N-E. You know, I'm just working on my rankings article, and I am just tweeting every single day guys so if you guys want to follow me on twitter you can do that you can also follow kevin where can they find you kevin find me at the boys underscore 22 as always you can find us every week here on tuesdays helping you out and, and the podcast and you listen to us so we appreciate the download so until next time we'll see you later and go cowboys this week hopefully we can get that w and broncos yeah maybe broncos <laughs>